Mess It Up Podcast is brought to you by listeners just like yourself who help support us on Patreon. If you would like to sponsor the Mess It Up Podcast, you can do it for as little as a dollar a month by going to messituppodcast.com and clicking on the Become a Patron button down at the bottom left-hand side of the screen. We really appreciate your support. If you'd like to email us, you can get a hold of Intern Dave by emailing info at messituppodcast.com. You can get me... Bowtie guy at messituppodcast.com. Or if you want to talk to Christina, you are more than welcome to email her at bikerchick at messituppodcast.com. Thanks for listening. And now, here's the show. This is the Mess It Up Podcast, where we take your mess and turn it into a message. And now, here's Biker Chick and the Bowtie Guy. Hey guys, this is the uh, Mess It Up Podcast. You found us, and as we record this, it's Father's Day, and I am sitting in my empty house. All my kids are away, my wife is away, and the only person here with me is my CR daughter, Christina. Hey! And so it's, it's kind of a... Uh, a low-key Father's Day, and we've been having a really good conversation before we turned on the microphones about the idea of being authentic, and I don't think it's by happenstance that we came upon this topic, and I also don't think it's by happenstance that the word of the week is happenstance. <laughs> I think it's insane I see what you did the there. way that God works. Uh, so our word of the week is happenstance, which is just a coincidence. It's just like, you know, things happen by happenstance, just... They just happen, and that's my stance, I guess. Do you happen to have a stance on who you are? Uh, oh, you know what? I actually do. I am the bow tie guy. And I am the biker chick. And uh, we uh, try to take messes and turn them into messages. And uh, if, if you would have had the opportunity to hear our microphones rolling for the last hour or something like that, wow, yeah, about the last hour, yeah, uh, we were having you know quite a deep conversation about just life and the idea of the authentic self. That's such a Christian buzzword and I guess just a psychological buzzword right now. It's kind of a cool thing to be looking at is what's my authentic self. And I think a lot of times that idea gets um, misappropriated Mm -hmm. and used as a, I I liken it the same way that a lot of men take a look at righteous indignation and we we commandeer that phrase or that idea to justify what we want to feel. And so I can be a jerk to you and just say, you know what? I'm just being my authentic self right now. Right. And and just feeling that. Um, And sometimes people will do that. I've heard a lot of men, it's like, well, this is righteous indignation. It's like, it has nothing to do with righteous. You're just mad Mm -hmm. and you want to be able to be mad and and you know you're wrong and you're trying to find a way to be right. And uh, and that's a lot of times my knee-jerk reaction when I hear people talking about their authentic self. And so I guess, you know, the best thing for us to do with this discussion is first of all, you know, just come up with some, 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 rules of engagement and some some definitions okay. you know of what we mean by that and how we're looking at that so as you hear that idea of authentic self what is that not how is it played out but what does it mean to you the authentic self what 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 is that idea 
look like in a general global sense? I think sticking to who you are personality-wise. Like if you're normally a pretty laid-back person and you just kind of take things as they come, but in a certain situation, you're a very different person. You know, are you authentically being you? Or are you putting on a mask and playing a different character? Or are you authentically dependent on your situation? So I think it's it's staying true to who you are in many different aspects. But how do you know who you truly are? Period. That's what I'm struggling with right now. How do I necessarily a good thing? To be true to myself, my authentic self, if my authentic self is the guy that runs off the rails, is that something right. that I want? So is it necessarily a good thing to be true to our authentic self? Or are we looking at it in terms of the good authentic self or where are there, are there parameters to that? Are there guidelines or boundaries? Do you think? I don't know. That's what I'm trying to figure out. I think that's where I'm so stuck right now where I'm at. When people talk about it, it feels to me like it's generally used in a, a positive, that it's, it's a desirable thing to be true to your authentic self. Right. And, and perhaps that's okay in a general sense for most people, but I can see instances where it's not okay. You know, my authentic self, and I, as soon as I say it, I start questioning it. Right. But (laughs) I, I, I think, okay, so is it, you know, I guess that's the question that you asked for is what is that authentic self? Right. I'm not sure because my, I, I did some stuff before Jesus got a hold of me. Mm-hmm. Was that my authentic self? Was it the authentic self that Jesus has for me? Is it the new life that I've been born with the renewing, the continual renewing of my mind? Mm-hmm. Is that the authentic self or is that the new self is not the authentic self or Right. How does that? It gets crazy when man. you overthink the concept. And when I think Christina that's said where we I'm should at. talk about this. I was like, yeah, that'll be interesting. And now I'm like, what did I get myself into? Exactly. There's it's so many layers upon layers of because there's a lot of things, a lot of traits, maybe a lot of personality go tos that I have, a lot of coping skills that are based on the hurts that I've sustained in life. So is that truly who I am, or is that? the broken me. And so, you know, we're talking about marriage and I'll use my marriage as an example for this situation. Um, I love doing things and being places. My love language is quality time. So my thing is I would love to go on road trips just to nowhere land, just to see things. I would like to cook in the kitchen together. I would like to go to the movies. I would like to do a lot of things. And it makes sense to me now when you say your love language is quality time, because one thing I know about Christina, I hate texting with her because I always feel like, did I put enough in this text to qualify? (laughs) I used to put like K and then it became KK. It's like, all right, I know I have to have at least three things and I'm not going to put three Ks (laughs) in a text to Christina. So it's like, that makes so much sense to me when you say that. Yes, I am a quality time person and that one-on-one attention is very important to me. And I think that is why I feel so dismissed on short text. And you know, okay. Right. Like really you couldn't have been, yeah, that sounds great. Not okay. Right. Um, because I guess I need a little more investment, right? right? Exactly. (laughs) Um, so I want that 
that connection, that, that quality time and the things that I do and authentically who I am is that person. Like that goes down to the core of who I am, that my love style, my, my desire to spend time. Um, I don't have a lot of that in my marriage. So am I being inauthentic to myself and trying to find other ways to value my marriage? So I'm not getting the core things that I feel I need. Am I denying authentically my own needs and putting his or the marriage in a greater position? Am I denying myself? Am I in denial that things are fine, even though I'm not getting fed my core desires? Um, and that's kind of a struggle I'm having right now, um, is am I being authentic to who I am in my needs in my life and what I want from many different aspects? Um, you and I were talking a little bit about my behaviors lately and trying to still accomplish the positive things in my life. And, um, I'm just going through this crisis of identity in have I put so much of myself on the back burner to fulfill other avenues and areas of my life? Or do I authentically want this other life and it's okay to disregard these certain things? Yeah. Did that jumble of it, words make no, any sense it, whatsoever? It, it makes sense. And I'm, I'm pondering the word that keeps coming to my head is, is honoring. And when you're here, when I'm hearing you talk, I'm hearing like, I'm hearing myself saying, am I honoring who I am or what I deserve, is that different? Is that different from my authentic self? Is how does that play? And so I'm, I'm trying to weave these things together. There's a lot of right now I, I'm seeing an air traffic control and there's a whole lot of air traffic. <laughs> I'm trying to get everybody to land right now. It's a little bit scrambled in my brain, uh, because it is not an easy subject. So I guess I want to just step back a little bit and try to I don't know if compartmentalize is the right word. Well, you're a man, so you do compartmentalize I, things. I, I want to, you know, break it down into just you know small segments, yeah. uh, and 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 make hmm. make myself understand each segment, so then I can put the pieces together. Are you making a waffle out of this? I'm not making a waffle. I'm a French toast guy. You so are so. such a waffle I right now. I am a French toast guy. I'm referring to the book "Men Are Like Waffles, Women Are Like Spaghetti." It talks about how men compartmentalize oh, yeah. things. This is why I don't and... like waffles because I. Have <laughs> to have the same amount of stuff in every little square and it drives me nuts because especially if you get a round waffle mm-hmm. some of the squares turn into triangles there, yes yeah and you can't so no but it's funny French that you toast. said that yeah. because it just that that whole book is about the male brain and how it yeah. processes its thinking and so when you said hey let's do this i was kind of like hey that book was right wow. you're a man look wow. at you compartmentalize look at me go so looking at the idea of does this have anything to do with what my wife would call deserve ship what i deserve to have does does this does that play into this at all do you think well can i go christianese well if we go christianese then we don't deserve anything well that's what's going to be my second part of it is is what then do we look at the deserve what what i deserve as a human being just as you know my human rights that a, a living creature deserves this or what do I deserve as a son or a daughter of Christ? And that's all muddled to me. So we're still in the all spaghetti. Of it. 
Still so spaghetti. much spaghetti. Okay. So much because I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. You know, do I believe that God wants me fulfilled by his word and his blessings? Yes. Okay. Does he want me to be in abusive situations? I don't believe so. Does he want me to be happy? I don't think so. I think that there's an underlying joy that we have to experience that surpasses the happy part of our lives. Right. That difference between Um, joy and happiness, I think, is critical. Yeah. Um, So do I deserve all these grand, beautiful desires of my heart? I don't know. So um, staying in the realm of Christendom. We talked about this in my prison class today. Mm-hmm. And I always bring up to my guys, and I am a firm believer um, that, and, and here I'm going to go because I'm, I'm into the word thing. And mm-hmm. so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you on a word journey to show you where I'm going with my logic flow. So we're talking about deserve. Deserve is getting what, you know, you, you are owed, which talks about what is it worth. My value, my worth is one Jesus Christ. Right. So if that, if we can accept that, then that means I do deserve joy. Mm-hmm. Now, does that mean the only thing that happens in my life will be joy? No. I, and, and, and we read in the Bible, I count it all joy when this happens. And the ability to find some joy in the things that are going on, to find the nuggets or the good in what it's going to be is of God. It's not of Paul. Mm-hmm. And God gives me that capacity quite frequently. And I think, I mean, it's very easy for us when we think about this to turn to a mother Teresa and mm-hmm. like, okay, does she have happiness? Well, she has great joy in doing what she's doing. Is she living in the dream that everybody wants to people think, you know, this is what I aspire to be is a person, a lot of people don't aspire to that. Very few people would say she's a bad person, right. but most people, when they aspire to things, don't aspire to that kind of joy. Right. They want more comfortable joy. I want right. a more comfortable joy quite frequently. Oh yeah. And so uh, we get, I think, into a, a, a bit of a, a detour when we start thinking about comfort and happiness. I think happiness... Yeah. Uh, infers a lot of comfort, whereas joy doesn't necessarily require the comfort. Right. I can get great joy in doing something strenuous or arduous or, you know, finding that, you know, just little piece of God in the, the mess that right. goes on. Right. And that's, that's not easy. No. Very difficult at times to do. And, and sometimes... Um, it's not as rewarding as I want it to be right. as soon as I want it to be. I want my reward now. Um, mm-hmm. I don't like the delayed reward. And sometimes I, I found something the other day that was like a delayed reward of like a year and a half or, or more. It was like, seriously. Okay. Wow. That was a long time for that to come back. But all right. Now I can see where this is. And I am not one to think God 
made this happen so that this could happen. I am one to think God made this situation good, even though right. the rest of this happened by all the knuckleheads. I yes. agree. Yeah, very much. <laughs> I know, I was so, so loud. Sorry about that. But um, So I, I don't think like... I, I heard a guy today in the prison also talking about this happening and all this and how, how it, it worked for good and God was working. And I was like, but what you're insinuating is God killed that person so that you could be in jail and you could, you know, discover your Christianity. And I don't think I'm ready to buy into that. Right. I think I'm ready to buy into you had free will. Mm-hmm. You acted out. This person died. You got busted and you finally needed God enough. Because you weren't able to do it on yourself. And God took the bad situation and said, I will still be glorified in it. Right. Not because of it, in it. Well, I think that's where redemption comes from, right? Redeeming something is giving it value kind of after the fact or changing the value of it after the fact. So whereas God didn't create the situation, he redeemed the situation through whatever brought glory to him. Right. Right. And, and I think that, um, it can be very easy for me to get those things twisted. And Mm -hmm. this is why I'm not a big fan of the spaghetti because it's so easy with the spaghetti for me to get off course and to feel helpless. I feel helpless in the spaghetti. I think I live in spaghetti. Yeah. It gets confusing and there's still, I mean, even going through that, so where does that lead us with our authentic self? I'm hoping you've got an answer <laughs> on this one. I don't. That was a legit question. So we go through and we're, we're seeking joy above all things. That's supposed to be where we're going, right? Not happiness, not comfort, Okay. but joy. Right. So even through trials, we are to seek God and joy through those situations. Yeah. Is that what redeems the situation? Or when do you decide to change the situation? Because that's where I get muddy is. Go I don't, back and, can you go back and say that, ask that in a different way? No. Because I'm not sure I can answer the question. <laughs> I'm like, no. Because I'm not sure what you're, I, I, I hear two questions in there. I heard you saying the redeemed and the changing. Um, and I don't know if, when you mean changing, are you like, okay, I am in the midst of this uh, the, the addiction or whatever, and I'm going to change this or of the changing of the heart? Are you talking about a physical changing and, and, and an outside that everyone can see a change or the emotional, internal renewing of the mind kind of changing? I think it would be both in some scenarios. It just depends on the scenario. But change starts internally first, right? I was a big breath. <laughs> I, can, I can argue both ways. Uh, I, it, uh, now I'm, I'm, I'm looking at chickens and eggs and going back and forth right. and, and finding this cycle of chickens and eggs because I'm thinking, okay, well, how did I change? And I'm looking at my own situation of uh, getting incarcerated and my mind didn't change before that happened. Right. But it changed from being a person who was doing the right things to doing the wrong things. So changed there. Mm, I see where you're going with that. And then see, and I'm looking at if I'm in a situation and, but you're right. It's a chicken and the egg situation. 
if I'm in a situation that I know needs changing, it takes an attitude adjustment first before I can carry out that change into the other aspects of my life, right? It, that even works with the steps, right? Step one, two, three. Right. That's Correct. internal. Yes. Yes. And then you yes. start to do the external through the steps. I am I'm willing to to agree with that, that completely. Yes. So that's where I think my mentality is. However, there are times where my situation has changed externally and now I must adapt or change internally either one direction or the other or whatever in order to go along with this change in life. Yeah. Wow. So I have so many questions, no answers. Sorry, listeners. Welcome to the life. You know, that's why it's the the mess it up podcast, not the it's all clean podcast. Right. That's true. Find somebody else for the it's all cleaned up podcast. Um, Well, here's the thing. We've we've been going at this for 20 minutes now. Holy moly. And so this is typically when we take a break. So um, I'm going to maybe throw us a little bit of a curveball here on this one. Um, I, I don't know. If I, I think I'm ready, you know, and I think the listeners are ready to take a break because they want to you know, push pause or get a mm-hmm. cup of coffee. But do you want to um, jump to the song of the week right now or do you want to uh, keep going with this after the break? I say we go ahead and do the song of the week. All right. We're going to do a song of the week here for yeah. you because we're going to we're going to stay on our process. And our song of the week this week is uh, by an artist named Joel Vaughn. And the song is called I Look to You. So give it a little listen. We'll be back on the other side of the break to tell you our thoughts about this song. is mighty fine appropriate for where we're at right now isn't it though is it, it honor is. is it god it is god we put this in here three weeks ago <laughs> yep and so i was sitting here and we review the lyrics as we go on break and let you guys share in the song with us and just as i start to read through this and refresh myself i looked at paul and i was like isn't this odd <laughs> that it's so appropriate where i'm at right now um thinking about the destination can enjoy the journey And that's a lot of stepping outside of today, right? The whole adage of, is that the right word? One day at a time. Mm -hmm. And you step outside of that and start really looking forward to 
way more beyond than just today. Um, that if I just stepped inside today and worried about it, it might take me someplace completely different tomorrow than I expected to go. So that's all yeah. I got. That's yeah. what I got. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, the, the chorus, um, hooked me in when he, you know, he says, I look to you when I'm staring at my mountains. Mm-hmm. Yeah, buddy. And that in itself, I could go a long way with because I do that. I stare at my mountains, but then he follows it up and says, scared that I can't move them. And I take that as a reference to, you know, saying we have the faith that we can, you know, move a mountain. Right. And so often I, I, I just like, whatever, I'm going to go another direction. Right. Not, not dying on that mountain. And I use that phrase a lot. That's a mountain I'm not going to die on. And, um, when I see that super tall mountain, I don't look to God. How can I get over this? I'm just like, where else can I go? Right. It's a give up, Mm -hmm. you know, on my part. And, um, it, I, it, it needs to be a look to you. And in that second verse, there are nights I lay awake thinking about how I failed you. Jiminy Christmas. Do you? Oh my gosh. Have I done that? I don't do that now, Yeah. but I've spent so much time Hmm. living in that regret and thinking of how I failed, um, God, how I failed my wife, my kids, myself, my friends, just this culture of failure in my mind that I've cultivated and lovingly weeded and watered and fertilized to make sure that just the worst stuff can grow there. Right. And, um, it's a completely, um, miserable place to be. And it, it, the, the line right after that is I'm focused on what I don't have and who I can't compare to. Yeah. A lot, mm-hmm. a lot of that. Yeah. I can, a lot of that. I resemble that. Yep. Um, but then it's just, you know, that chorus. And I finally, I believe when I lift my eyes to see, I look to you when I'm staring at my mountains. Oh God, I look to you. And I know that you're with me, leading me to the truth. And that's where I need to be. That might be the authentic self that God has for me. That hasn't always been my reality. Which brings us back to the initial question of just what on earth is that authentic self? Is the authentic self me looking at the mountain and saying, nope, or is the authentic self me saying, all right, God, let's do this and tightening up the the shoelaces. Hmm. Where's the authentic? Right. I, I think I would, I think I would make the argument I'm not prepared to 100% get on this boat, but I'm pretty sure I'm prepared standing at the ticket window and I want to buy a ticket and investigate this ride. But I think I'm going to say that my authentic self is the guy who walks away from the mountain. Because me, in and of myself, my own authenticity lacks Christ. Mm -hmm. And with Christ, 
then I'm like, I'm going to see what's up on the top. I'm going to get that view. And I might need a parka, and I might get struck by lightning, but I'm going up there. See, and I can, I can see that because authentically you know who you are. And authentically you know I'm not climbing that mountain. I'm, I turn towards the easy way. Not, I'm not going to dead face struggle authentically being who I am. Yeah. But knowing who I am in Christ gives me the direction to do something that's opposite of who I am. Yeah. Being Christ authentic. But then that's a choice you make knowing your self-awareness being able to say, Hey, I see me and I know that this is me not wanting to do this, but I'm going to make a choice to go in a direction that's more positive for my life. But when do we say, Hey, I know that this is authentically me and disregard that for something that's not positive in our lives. I think, I guess it, it, it depends on how far back I go through the cycle of the chicken and the egg mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm going through that right now. I'm just going back this, yeah, but this, yeah, but this, yeah, but this. And right. I think, all right, when I was a little boy, before I got a chance to be damaged by people telling me that my art wasn't good enough or that I needed to try harder in school or that I was comparing myself to little Johnny who could, I mean, I couldn't do a pull up until I was in ninth grade. It was so horribly embarrassing to me every time we do the, the PE testing because I knew I couldn't do that stupid pull-up. And Charlie did 10 of them when we were in fifth grade. And I'm like, what right. the crud is? And I had no, it didn't matter to me that my body proportion was different and that he was a little tiny skinny guy. I was the big guy. I should have been able to do it. I just, you know, I wasn't proportionally right for right. that. And so my authentic self changed from, I can do this. The first time we did pull-ups in that PE test, I was like, okay, yeah, I can do this. I just watched Charlie do these 10. Like, yeah, let me get in there and do it. I wasn't like, uh-oh, I'm not doing this. Mm-hmm. But a couple of years down the line, I was like, no, I'm not doing I mean, I, I remember in seventh grade, I heard we were doing testing and I got an instant stomach ache and went to the nurse's office and didn't do testing. Right. So... I kept on reinventing my authentic self. But if I go back to where I was and what I was originally given, it was boundaryless hope. It was boundaryless desire. It was the whole world I'm capable of. I can do anything. I can jump across here I, I I didn't I didn't limit what I thought that I could do and that I think is my authentic self and that's the self that God wants to actuate is like yeah you can do this you can do amazing things with me I did everything by myself before I let God in it and it didn't work but when I let God in it didn't work the way I thought mm-hmm. and God doesn't put a big mountain in our way just to make us climb the most difficult path. Right. You know, and the easiest way to get past a mountain is very rarely over the very top of it. It's usually through a pass where two mountains come together. Right. You know, you, you go over the shoulder, not over the, the forehead. Right. And 
sometimes I, I forget that. I think, okay, I've got to get to the top of every single mountain. I've got to get to the top of every single challenge. I've got to, you know, and if I don't, then I'm letting God down and I'm letting me down. And that's just that stupid whisper in my ear, the enemy trying to make me think about a different authenticity. But do you ever look at two mountains and like, you know, I know this is the mountain that God probably wants me to climb, but that mountain, it looks like it's got some cool stuff on it. I'm going to go try and climb my own mountain. Cause I think I've done that a lot in my life. I've said, God, I clearly see that this is the life that you would chose for me. I clearly see these are the benefits of going this way, but man, that mountain looks fun. Oh, I was Let all set it. to, you know, be a teacher. And then I wanted to be a pastor. I was going to go to, you know, seminary. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, you know what I could do? I'm going to go over there and add pornography mountain. Right. That looks like a lot of fun. Let me see if I could throw my life away over there. Right. Because there was a party going on over there. Yep. And it was fun. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of work going on with trying to get another degree and yeah. be a grown up and responsible and all that stuff. And I didn't want that in my life. So no, yeah, I went, I went to the non-God mountain. Yeah. And, I feel like I've done that a lot. And here's the thing. God made all the mountains. We just built a lot of garbage on them to make them so they're not what God had intended for us. Right. I mean, everything that's here on earth, God created. Right. And so we've just, as humans. Screwed it up. Yeah. Yeah. Messed it up big time. And cause problems and that was completely just it was not happenstance that was a god thing but i didn't plan it we'll just say it that way um i was like i see what you did there yeah yeah i didn't even see it until christina pointed <laughs> to me i'm like what did i do was i clever oh i love being clever yeah, what did you i were do so clever yeah ah. but i think i'm just i'm at that place right now where i don't feel like i've chosen the best for my life And what do I do about that now? How do I make the choice? And do I need to make the choice? And what is following God in this look like? And where does resting in my faith look like? But where does the action steps of getting out of the boat so I can fully experience walking on water with Christ look like? Like, what is that? I'm just in that position of where I should probably do nothing but pause and pray, right? Mm. Do nothing. Um, and wait for God to show, you know, don't be that person standing on a flooded mountain going, Hey, God, send me some help. The boat comes. No, no, God's going to come. You know, the helicopter comes. No, no, no. Still waiting on God. Well, I sent you a couple ways out, kiddo. What do you do with them? Um, but I'm just in, I'm in that spot. I'm in that stuck spot of what in the heck do I do? Right. Because I'm not happy doing what I'm doing today and living in the space that I'm living it today. So how do I make the changes that God wants? How do I make sure that I'm approaching the mountain that God wants me to climb and not the Christina mountain, not the one that I see 10 feet ahead of me where God sees over the peak, mm-hmm. you know, I can be very short sighted Sure. and look at the temporary aspects of it and not see the longevity of a situation. But I'm also really good at conning myself and fooling myself into thinking that everything's just going to be fine if I just keep doing what I'm doing. And that can be a big time fallacy too. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And, and, And the thing that I hear is the only thing that you really know is right now is not working. Right. But 
there's like it's not a, a fork in the road like do I go left or do I go it's just like here you are in the middle of a field mm-hmm. choose a direction right any direction it's like oh lord yeah please help and I guess that's what it comes down to is oh lord please, please help. help and and then the the patience to listen and to wait on his answer is a difficult thing for me and here's my thing this the other thing I've, I've been doing a lot of thinking and beating Christina up lately I think is stop it because she's my friend I will try and I love her thank you yeah and so do all of our people thanks everybody right now that loves Christina raise your hand and I mean do it Literally, <laughs> right now raise your hand now look around the room and you can tell who else is listening to the podcast at the same time as you right but it's you know, God doesn't always answer. And I think that there's standards that are put out there by the Christian community of this is what your life has to look like. And if you're not doing these things, are you really truly experiencing the best relationship of God well, that and, you can possibly? And not just the Christian community, the Christian communities, because you'll get the, the you know, name it and claim it you oh, know, yeah. people. And oh, then you yeah. get the people who are like, you know, you must suffer and so there's, there's, there's not even in the Christian community, there's not a clear answer of what, you know, and am I doing enough? Am I trying hard enough? Am I reading my Bible enough? Am I praying enough? I'm not doing, God's not going to answer me. Yeah. I don't If I pray anyway, because I'm not touching the hem of his garment, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't have that. And there's, I'm stuck in this field. I really liked that visual because there's just so much nothing around me yeah and so many ways to go with it yeah and so i'm just gonna sit down and cry okay. in my field and wait till, <laughs> yeah. wait till i hear something because here's the thing in that field is because right now i'm picturing the field where i was in the literal field where i was in and i could see that i needed to be somewhere else but i didn't really know where and over here there's possible scary things and over here there's possible difficult things and over here there's uh, a, a river and a stream that you know look nice but is that the end of it can I get across that well that is that just a barrier and I was just so lost and I can, I'm seeing that right now in my head I can just feel myself turning my head around looking at these different options mm-hmm. I know that staying there isn't going to change anything right and I know that I might have to retrace my steps. Mm -hmm. And even if I put breadcrumbs down, I might not be able to find my way back. I guess I have to trust on my, my, my God GPS to, to guide that path and to go slowly enough that I don't just go rushing headlong into my desire and run off a cliff or, you know, get into Mm -hmm. a situation where I can't get out of jump in that river that's a waterfall right yeah, down the road. Right. And yeah. and sometimes it's just, you know, you're falling and all we're doing is just waiting for the ground to come up and hit us and to know that it's going to happen. And that's not necessarily a, a comfortable place. No. An easy place. It, uh, it, it's a place I find myself a lot though. But it is what it is. It is. And <laughs> The thing that I've come to understand, and I, I'm not good at this always. I don't want to sound like I've got the answers. Because in the midst of it is the hardest. Mm-hmm. But God has shown me enough 
that he will help me navigate yes. these things that I'm getting ready. Because right now I'm in the, and, and we talked about the fact that both Christine and I have a tendency of being cyclical in our emotions. And I'm yep. thinking to myself, I might be experiencing the very beginning of a downslide. And so I'm doing what I can to not let that become a full on dive into the depths again. Right. And I'm, what I'm doing for myself is reminding myself of how God pulled me out the last time Mm. and the time before, right. And the time before, and that he will pull me out no matter where I am. And I might have to go through some difficulty, Mm -hmm. but he'll get me out of it. Yeah. And I'm just praying that the difficulty, I don't even want to say that I can make it through it because he promised me that he'll give me a way out. I just want to pray that I've experienced the worst in my life. Right. And that right now I'll experience some bad, but it won't be the worst. Right. Um, and, and I feel like there's a strong possibility that I have experienced the worst. Mm -hmm. And what I have to do is learn to focus and find the joy. I was feeling pretty miserable on Friday about my situation and, and having a little bit of a poor Paul party. And then I found out that a friend of mine had passed away that had been struggling with uh, a disease for, for many years. And, and it, I'm thinking, okay, well, my problems aren't the same. The problems that his family are facing right now are different right. than my problems. Yeah. And I'll keep my problems right now. Thank yeah. you very much. And just, and that's finding the joy in it. Perspective, right? Perspective. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, the perspective of a lot of people is... We've talked enough. It's time. Yeah. You, yep. we've, th- th- I, please, folks, don't be sitting in the parking lot waiting to go into work for us. You know, go in. We'll be here when you come back. That's right. Uh, but uh, it has been a long one. But I think, I think it's been a good one. Um, and I think that um, I really appreciate the vulnerability. It's, I have a lot of fun when we goof off on the show. Mm-hmm. But I also have a lot of time when we just, you know, take some time. And this show has yeah. been one of those both sides of the... Um, audio line shows where I think people are going to be really happy because they've heard a lot of your wonderful voice and thoughts. Um, so thank you for that. Yeah. Um, and thank you for your vulnerability. And you know, keep in mind, as you're looking for your authentic self to use the God filter, you know, see where God is. If your authentic self doesn't show God in it and where you're heading with that authentic self is without God, um, talk to someone, you know, this, this whole podcast didn't start today with us just pushing record. It started by Christina having an issue and she talked to some friends and and we sat and talked for a while. And, uh, just that whole reaching out to someone don't struggle alone. that, That makes a mess into a bigger mess. It's much easier to struggle with somebody else. Absolutely. It really is. Absolutely. So have those those people in your life that you can call and reach out to. And honestly, if you can't call a person in the middle of the night because they're going to get mad at you, you don't really need that person on your phone list. That's right. You don't right. need that person. That's just a person you work with or say hi to. But, but there are people who care enough about you that they'll answer that phone. And they'll be groggy. They won't be happy, <laughs> but they'll keep talking. And so, so find those people, know those people, and... Um, Thanks for listening to us. That's right. And we will see you next time we mess it up. Adios.
Thanks for checking out the Mess It Up podcast. If you've got any questions or feedback, please email info at messituppodcast.com. Don't forget to share with your friends, and we'll see you next time we mess it up. <laughs>